Welcome to Common Ground, a talk show encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in Berlin and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi-Nelson. We are doing things a bit differently today as I'm away on a writing fellowship, so please bear with me if I don't sound as I do when recording in my studio in Berlin. And now to today's episode. Germany, with its aging population, is sometimes referred to as a pensioner democracy. It leaves many German voters aged 18 to 35 feeling issues that are important to them are ignored, at least until last month, as senior producer Dina El-Sayed reports. Young Germans scored a rare victory last month when their country's highest court rebuked the German government for not going far enough with its plan to reduce carbon emissions. The Constitutional Court justices added that officials had failed young Germans and had violated the liberties of the young plaintiffs and their cohorts. 25-year-old Fridays for Future activist Louise Neubauer told Welt TV that the ruling marked a huge victory for those fighting for better climate policies in Germany and around the world for years, if not decades. The decision, which requires federal officials to speed up plans on how Germany will get to near-zero carbon emissions by 2050, rattled Angela Merkel's governing coalition. Her conservatives are also nervously eyeing polls that show the Greens in the lead and their 40-year-old co-chair Annalena Baerbock could become the youngest chancellor in German history. In her nomination speech, Baerbock promised to make the fight for climate protection the foundation for freedom, prosperity and security in Germany. Climate action is the task of my generation, Baerbock said. Andrea Ugrinotska, who chairs the Advisory Council on Youth that gives voice to young people in the Council of Europe, says the dual approach of having a younger candidate and agenda that appeals to younger people is smart. Instead of making an assumption, I would use it as an opportunity to say, okay, we have a very informed and educated youth voter base that, you know, it's, uh, it knows what it wants and they're going for it. So how can we utilize that and direct it in a, in a way that it's purposeful and doesn't cause chaos and anarchy. But the Federal Election Commissioner says voters under 30 accounted for only 15% of those who cast ballots in 2017, a trend that will continue as the German population ages. So it could prove to be an uphill battle for young voters to make a difference in German elections this year. That was senior producer Dina El-Sayed, Joining me via Zoom to talk about what impact young people's votes in Germany could have in state and federal elections this year are the Green Party's National Deputy Chairwoman, Ricarda Lang, climate activist and Fridays for Future co-founder, Carla Rintzma, and from the German Marshall Fund, Anne Flotow-Liersch, who also coordinates the Berlin chapter of the Young Transatlantic Network. Welcome to you all. Hi. 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 So let's launch right into it. Ricarda, I'm going to start with you. How important are young German voters to the Greens' election ambitions this year? I think that young German voters are going to be very important for the election in general, but I don't think in a narrow perspective of just the youth vote, so who are young people going to vote? Because we see in Germany, the young people, when it just comes to masses, 
they are not as many people as, for example, older people, which is a democratic problem we see. But I think what we really see in Germany throughout the last years is that the way young people organize and the way young people shape the democratic discourse and the political discourse, this has a big impact on how politics work and also on elections. So I think we have seen a shift in the organization of youth. My generation, maybe the millennials, have been really brought up with the thought of on your own, this rather neoliberal thought of individual changes. You have to eat differently, you have to buy differently, and then everything is going to be fine. And I think now we are seeing a young generation that says, well, we have eaten differently, we have bought differently, and our future is still in flames because the structural and political changes that needed to be done have not been done. And therefore we see many movements, Fridays for Future, where Carla is from, but also the Black Lives Matter movement, or the MC rescue movement where young people are organizing, fighting for their rights and demanding political change. And I think this demand is going to influence the elections in a big and huge way and also our results. Are you seeing this young voter being more impactful for your party on a state or a federal level? I would say the most impactful on a state level, because I think there are the big debates, for example, about how to tackle climate change, for the question of how we tackle racism, are being held at the moment. And I think also with Annalena Baerbock, we have a person who can speak to many young people, even though she's 40, which for people in their 20s seems rather old. But for a politician, she is rather young. So I think there we have a chance of really also addressing young people issues and changing the way of how politics look also. And as we mentioned, Germany is a pensioner democracy. And the last election marked the first time in Germany that more than half of the voters were over the age of 50. So how seriously would you say German parties are in trying to court the young vote? A good question. Uh, it depends, I would say. I mean, recruiting the youth is important for long-term electoral success for all parties. I do think that parties differ when they try to address and appeal to youngsters. Some parties do it uh, not only three months ahead of the vote and some do it later. But in general, it is very important. But as Ricarda said, uh, young voters don't make up a large share of the electorate. So uh, it depends on whether or not they might be decisive. And what kind of candidate, Anne, do you think appeals to young German voters? Is it as Ricardo described or do you see a different trend? I think the German voter is uh, quite interesting because Germans are very stability minded. Uh, bear in mind, we've had uh, the same chancellor for the last 16 years. We've had three chancellors in the last 40 years. Uh, so I, I wouldn't underestimate sort of the continuity argument uh, here, but Angela Merkel is not running again. So this really leaves the race wide open. I think it really depends on how the other candidates position themselves for the youngsters, I would see Annalena Baerbock as a favorite at the moment, yes. Carla, congratulations on winning the court case in Karlsruhe. What impact do you think that ruling will have on federal and state elections this year? Well, I 
think that it's probably not the ruling itself which will have an impact on how people cast their vote. But what you see is that the debates that we have politically have changed drastically in reaction to that court ruling. In Within like a few weeks, we have a new law considering climate change and how we tackle climate change. Germany wants to achieve climate neutrality five years earlier than before in 2045, not in 2050, um, being the second Western industrialized country to do that. So there has been like really quick reaction onto that, which I think is because the, the ruling parties right now, the social democrats as well as the conservatives, do actually not want to uh, have climate change as a leading topic within the election because they know it's not their main priority, it's not the area where voters think they are the most competent, it's still the Green parties which yeah has the most competence regarding climate topics and issues. So I think they try to like tackle this topic of climate right now before the election so it's not the most important one but still there has been um, a survey where more than um, two-thirds of the German voters want a change within the government and want a change in the leading coalition and they say it's because of the inability of the grand coalition we have right now to tackle climate change it's the majority of the people who have been surveyed within that survey say climate change is the main priority for them for the election coming up in September. So we see that that strategy of like trying to tackle climate change by having a new, more ambitious law hasn't really worked out for the parties right now. Well, what about on the flip side for young voters? Did has this ruling inspired them, or you know, are we? Do you think we're going to see more young people voting because they suddenly? feel that they have some power, that people, at least the courts are listening to them, if not the government? Well, I think it could actually turn more in the other direction because it has really decreased the feeling of trust we actually have in democratic parties and the democratic system for many young voters because we have been on the streets for two and a half years and there has been like scientific evidence that we need to do something about the climate crisis. And right now the politicians like there had needed to be a court ruling for the politicians to change their politics. And right now they actually celebrate themselves and say, wow, this is such an important ruling. And now we're gonna do something really ambitious and we have the most ambitious climate politics ever. And this is really like a way to make politics, which is like really bad for a democratic state to say you make laws which are so bad that the constitutional court has to make a ruling. So you change those politics because it really decreases the feeling of trust into democracy. Ricardo, you wanted to add something? Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing to this because I myself as a politician on this day, even though I thought it was bombastic what the ruling like meant, I think especially when we talk about the meaning of freedom, that there was a ruling who said freedom is not only the freedom of today, so to go out and fly on planes and drive 200 on the streets, but freedom always has to be in relation to the freedom of future generations, so therefore climate protection is not a violation of freedom, but on the other hand, it is something something that needs to be done for freedom. But still, for what Carla said, I as a politician, to be honest, on this day was rather embarrassed of how the political system looked because there were so many politicians going on Twitter being like, oh, yes, now we can do climate protection laws like the federal court would have forbidden it until this day. Nobody forbade anybody from doing good climate work before. And I think this really showed us that there needs to be a political change and also a change in who is in power because what is missing is not knowledge and it's not possibilities but really is 
political will and I think we need to form a new coalition in autumn and I think for me it needs to be without the conservatives to really change the political will of how to do climate protection laws. Where does your party stand on lowering the voting age in Germany to 16 which some politicians are calling for to increase youth voter power if you will? Yes, we are calling for the lowering of the age to vote to 16 in a first step. We can also imagine further steps ahead. For example, I personally would prefer 14 as the voting age. But I think now when we talk about the next four years, this should be one of the first steps a new coalition and new government takes because it is really, well, for me, it is so illogical how people are celebrating young people going on the streets and they are like, oh, they are taking responsibility within itself is a little bit strange because they shouldn't have to take on the responsibility if the political parties in the whole would have taken on this responsibility. But then on the other hand say, well, but they are not responsible enough to vote. I think we see at the moment that this has nothing to do with the reality of many young people. And also voting is like a law of citizens within a state. And therefore, I think that the voting it should be 16 and maybe even further down in the next century. Anne, what do you think about that? Well, I think, uh, first of all, we need to acknowledge that the decision on who is to vote has been negotiated and debated and changed over the years. So in itself, it's not unnormal that the voting age uh, changes. I do think that it's an important signal of political empowerment and uh, participation uh, for young people to feel that their voice is heard and being taken seriously. Carla, what about you? I mean, your group has a lot of people that are still in high school and uh, certainly can't vote now. Um, would you welcome this, this happening? And do you think it's going to happen? Well, I, we do not, as Fridays for Future the movement, we do not have a position on that because our core positions focus on climate and climate politics. I personally think that it would be a really important step and maybe already only a first step to lower the voting age to 16, thinking about which possibilities are they lowering it even more or talking about like family voting rights, because I think what we see right now due to like the aging population is that we actually have politics which are so focused on yeah people who actually probably don't even live to see all the consequences of the politics being made when we talk about how focused for example um, the elections have been in some states around um, pensions and pension funds and it's like okay those people do not even realize a lot of like the, the consequences other political choices are, are gonna have um, when we talk about um, education politics and like there are really many topics which concern young people. And I think it's, we see a movement um, throughout several parties um, also like going through liberal parties in Germany that there is like a debate about lowering the voting age. And I think like there is a possibility that this will happen. It's mainly the conservatives who do not want it because they see that young voters do not, like they're not as popular as they are throughout the whole society um, with young voters. So um, it's mostly them blocking the debate around this, but I think this can change, especially after the election in autumn. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about young voters in Germany and across Europe, as well as what impact a certain American politician is having on young voters here. Stay tuned.
Hi everyone, I'm Maurice Frank, editor of the Berliner Zeitung English Edition, which is a proud partner of Common Ground. Is it hard for you to figure out what's going on in Berlin because everything you read or hear is in German? We at Berliner Zeitung English Edition can help, providing you with all the news you can use in English, whether on politics, business or culture. We also offer riveting interviews and commentary. Look for us at berliner-zeitung.de slash en or just type in Berliner Zeitung English Edition into your search engine. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, the host of Common Ground. And I'm Dina El Sayed, the senior producer. Each week, we bring you a new lively discussion on a hard-hitting topic. If you want to learn more about our podcast, check out our website at commongroundberlin.com. The episodes are free to download, but they aren't free to create. Common Ground depends on grants as well as donations from listeners like you. So if you want to help us out, please click on the donate button at commongroundberlin.com. And thanks for listening. Democracy. I'm Rachel Tausenfreund, one of the hosts of the German Marshall Fund's podcast, Out of Order. Join our conversations with leaders and experts on what the dark side of tech does to democracy, how the pandemic shapes geopolitics, and other topics of global order and disorder. You can find our episodes and miniseries at gmfus.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We are the German Marshall Fund of the United States, strengthening transatlantic cooperation since 1972. Welcome back to Common Ground. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and joining me via Zoom are the Green Party's National Deputy Chairwoman, Ricarda Lang, Fridays for Future co-founder, Kala Rinsma, and German Marshall Fund Europe Program Associate, Anne Flotolioch. A few days ago, I also spoke to Andrea Ugrinochka, who chairs the Advisory Council on Youth, which is the voice of young people in the Council of Europe. I asked her about the high turnout in the 2019 European Union elections being linked to the surge in participation of young voters. I think we tend to, especially in Europe, tend to think that young people are leaning towards the left. Well, I don't think that's really the case because, you know, the right EPP and the YEP wing is super, super strong. So if you have a young person that naturally identifies with that ideology more, they will be more motivated to go out and vote. To clarify, EEP is the bloc's European People's Party, made up of Christian Democratic, conservative, and liberal conservative parties, and YEP is their youth wing. Let's turn back to Germany for a moment. Anne, what role did the young vote play in the ascent of the right-wing alternative for Germany? That uh, depends on the party areas, I would say. Um, as we saw in the elections in Thüringen, um, a surprisingly large share of the young electorate did vote for the AfD, and it attracted especially uh, male voters. In other areas, the youth vote hasn't been that decisive for the electoral successes of the AfD. It was more um, older male voters who voted for the party. Carla, the Greens too surged in the European elections, what role did climate change play with young voters within the bloc? I think what we've seen during the European elections was that climate change really came up as a leading topic within a few months before the election. The Fridays for Future movement started growing, I think, from December onwards, um, 2018. So, um, And in May 2019, there was the European elections. And since at that moment, the Greens were 
not the only party, but the only party actually saying a lot about climate politics, having an actual program with actual steps, even though it wasn't enough, they were considered the party the most competent with climate issues and climate politics. So I think that really played a big role. I think this has changed for the upcoming um, German election in September this year, because now more parties are considered with climate. They know that it really is an important aspect for lots of voters. So they try to yeah put up with programs and um, plans and say, this is how we want to tackle the climate crisis. This is what we want to do. This is um, the steps we propose for limiting the global warming and yeah doing a fair share as Germany. And we see that there's no party right now, even not the Greens, having a program which does enough to do a fair share as Germany to staying below the global heating of 1.5 degrees. But there, all of the parties, except from the right-wing populist party, AFD, are much more concerned and try to put something forward. They put forward different solutions. Some are, for me, more yeah, persuasive than others. Um, but we see that it has really changed since the European election because all of the parties know that this is a really important aspect for the voters. Ricardo, was were there any lessons learned for your party about what happened with the youth voter turnout during the European elections in 2019? Yeah, definitely. I think I would say three lessons, even though like the first lesson is not really a lesson because beforehand also climate change was for us the main topic and also the one decisive question about our future, the future of the young generation, but also the future of mankind altogether. But still to see that climate change and climate fighting the climate crisis can be a decisive topic within a vote. And it can be a decisive topic, even though even through generations, we're talking a lot about youth vote here, who was really decisive in the 2019 election. But I think what we have seen throughout the last years is that this has spread. Also because young people, they have parents, they have grandparents, they have aunts and uncles, and they have taken this discussion to their Christmas dinners and to their breakfasts and everywhere. So we can't even say it's just a youth topic at the moment. I think the second lesson was organizing, really getting people involved into doing something, big organizing, because often I think that parties interact with people in a way of saying, well, you can give us your vote every four years and that's it. And this is not really a participant participation process and I think many people want to be part of a change and not just give their vote but really be involved and I think there we also learned a lot from example when you look at the US how they are doing um, uh, politics at the moment and how they are doing um, election campaigns and the third point and I think you also pointed out in the quotes before is getting young people into a position of power, not just having them as people who can put up posters and who can give out flyers, but really saying them, well, we trust you to go into parliament for us, to take over responsibility for us. And I think when young people see young people within the political parties taking over, this is a huge inspiration, this is huge empowerment and also incent to get involved themselves. Well, it's interesting that you bring up you know, the influence of the American uh, elections, if you will, because Ugri Nochka noted that US Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC as a 31-year-old is known, helped excite and mobilize the younger vote here on the continent. So do you think that your party or that political parties in Germany in general should take any lessons away from the American elections last year? Yes, definitely. Like I said before, I really think that 
big organizing and seeing how you can build a big movement on participants who are not, not even have to be like party members. I think this is a really big step because also here in Germany, we have a situation at the moment that the Green Party is like in the like total spot like fighting against the conservatives and also the social democrats and one like spot even before the social democrats but when it comes to money and structures it's still a bit like david versus goliath so we don't have the money but i think we have the people who want to get involved we have the people who are motivated and this is really something you see from the u.s election it does not have to be about the biggest sponsors and about the biggest money in the party but about who can really get people out on the street And we don't have a German AOC. I don't think any party can say that about themselves at the moment. But what we really have is young people candidating for us for the um, now national election with about 30 people coming from the green youth who now want to get into a parliament and who are on spots where this is really like possible. And we also have people from movements now candidating for parliament and i think this is also important sign of showing well you don't have to be in the party for 15 years but we let in people from the outside who bring in new ideas who bring in new pressure from the climate movement from the sea rescue movement and to bring in new people as well and this is something that was highly successful when you look at aoc the squad and the social uh, the democrats in the us all together and you had mentioned uh, in the first half about how angela merkel was in power for a long time. So obviously there were some young voters going her way. Do you think if she was running again, and of course she isn't, but if she were that more young or that young voters would be voting for her again? Or do you think that they are looking for a younger candidate now or somebody with a younger view? Well, some voters would certainly uh, vote for her. In the four years ago, around 25% of the young voters voted for the CDU. And now currently polls are between 20 and 25%. So they are definitely lower, but that might also uh, be due to the current uh, chancellor candidate. I mean, I mean, Laschet is not as popular. I would say it really depends on who the alternatives are. If other people put in charismatic um, candidates who make a promise to the youth um, that they will be able to deliver on certain policies, uh, then less people would vote for Angela Merkel than four years ago, certainly. Carla, do you think that Annalena Baerbock can count on young voters? I mean, she is a younger face uh, being put forward, but uh, can she count on them? Well. What I think what we see right now is that there are three different candidates for running maybe for chancellor. And we see that there are two um, with the candidates Olaf Scholz from the Social Democratic Party, as well as with Armin Laschet from the Conservative Party, who are kind of like, it seemed to be a follow-up in the st political style that they embrace, as well as in the political positions they have, being like a follow-up of uh, Mrs. Merkel. And, They kind of like symbolize that continuity and the sense for stability, which a lot of like Germans within their politics kind of like, as Anne has already yeah, brought forward a few minutes um, ago. And I think what we see with Annalena Baerbock is that she kind of like is right now some a person where a lot of people put their hopes into and she really symbolizes a different style of politics. I think a lot of people feel a bit reminded of, for example, the political leaders we have in New Zealand um, with Jacinda Ardern, as well as in Finland, where we also have young women in the prime minister's or chancellor's position. 
embracing a really different style of politics. And what we see is that there is still a really big gap between what everybody puts into people as their hope and what they kind of like want to see and what will actually happen. Because we will see there will be a coalition between at least two or maybe three parties. Parties have to step away from what they actually said before the elections, because in a coalition, you will never get everything you said before. So there will be the moment where people are kind of devastated and hopes will not actually turn out as what people expected from Annalena Baerbock. And I think that we will see the same with Annalena Baerbock. I think a lot of people know that voters are not stupid. They know that parties cannot do everything they propose and they promise in the time before the election. But I think it's rather unsure whether we will see the big shift, which I think a lot of people hopeful with Annalena Baerbock as a candidate running for chancellor. My final question is going to go to each of you about what young voters in Germany should be doing to make their voices heard more. And Ricarda, let me start with you. Well, I would kind of feel a little bit patronizing now telling the young voters what to do, because I think what they are doing at the moment is really successful. Getting organized, getting out on the street as much as is possible during the coronavirus. I think getting into contact with candidates, really like getting into talks with candidates and telling them what are your propositions? What is the thing you are not maybe like promising us, but you are putting forward for us? What um, really uh, saying what does make a party attractive for us? And I think this maybe connects a little bit with the question before, what um, can the Green Party count on the young votes? I think the Green Party at the moment is really conscious about not just winning the young vote because we have a young person beforehand, but really having to put in the work and really having to put in the contents, especially on climate change. And I think what young voters can do is really like being specific with the parties and saying, well, it's not enough for you to say we want climate crisis to end, we want to have climate protection, but really tell us what are your propositions, what are you going to do? And I think this is really important at the moment. And this is also important for the Green Party for us to know, well, this is not automatically going to happen, but we really need to be better than the other parties when it comes to climate protection. Carla, what do you think? I think what we've seen throughout the past years is that only voting is not enough. I think that if you want to make your voice heard, especially as young people who are mostly not organized within huge um, yeah, jo jobs with like huge lobby groups, um, or so what, what you need is organizing for power from a different perspective, which can be, for example, through social movements, as we've seen it, because those social movements are at which put pressure on politicians and on all politicians, because what we see is that, especially when it comes to climate, but we have the same with immigration and border policies, that there is actually no political party doing something for the growing demand for a more just politics since they all kind of like aggregate more towards the middle towards the center and there is for example no party having a strict plan how germany can do something and do a fair share for staying below the 1.5 degree target when it comes to climate so what you do is when you organize and when you put pressure on all of the political parties not through not through just voting, but also through protests, through petitions, through making this a topic, which is in the media circulating, which the whole society talks about, they need to adjust. And we're like having the debates, not only in like the very politicized circles of people who are maybe already into politics, but between each and everybody. And yeah, making sure that 
everybody is invited to the table talking about those topics and then making sure that young people are heard because since they are often not organized through unions or within their job or through lobby groups who often have like lots of money to actually like lobby and organize um, you need the protests coming from the streets and then holding each and every one accountable um, every party and making sure that it's clear where a lot of young voters stand um, and making sure that it's not like only 10 or 15 people and only in the three months before the election that people talk about the, the topics young people move. But it's, yeah, it's made sure throughout like the whole legislative period um, before the election, after the election, through the coalition talks. Yeah, and I think we've seen that this can be really, really successful. Um, turning back to the court ruling we've talked about, this would have probably not turned out the same way if it had like been five years earlier and the massive protests around climate haven't been there yet. And last but not least, what are your thoughts on what young people can do to make their voices heard? I agree with uh, Carla and Ricarda. I would add that it's, it's really important to forge alliances don't underestimate your power. I'm thinking of the recent successes of the young pan-European party vault in the Dutch general elections, for instance. You do have the ability to change things if you follow up and challenge others, challenge older voters, seek debates and uh, talk about substantial policies rather than personalities. That was the German Marshall Fund Europe Program Associate and Floto Liersch. My other guests were the Green Party's National Deputy Chairwoman Ricarda Lang and climate activist and Fridays for Future co-founder Kala Rimsma. Thank you all for being on Common Ground. Thanks for having us. Thank you for the talk. It's really interesting. Thank you for having us. Our senior producer is Dina El-Sayed and I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi-Nelson. Thank you for listening and please join us on Mondays for new episodes of Common Ground. Our program is made possible through a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy. Thank you also to our partners, Berliner Zeitung English Edition and the German Marshall Fund. You can download all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, commongroundberlin.com. 